Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Yes, that's right. You have gotten three live streams total this weekend. Oh my gosh. Are you lucky? (laughs) But Tanya, now Tanya Drew Thompson Cook, is back with me to discuss Justify. That's right. We're discussing another Tim of the Elephant show. We didn't really talk about Tim that much on the last one. I have a feeling that will be totally different on this one. So, but I do think these shows go really well, hand in hand together, totally different characters for Tim, but we're going to talk about Justified here. So if you don't know what Justified is, it was an American Western crime drama that premiered on March 16th, 2010 and ran for 78 episodes over six seasons and concluded on April 14th, 2015. It aired on the FX network. It was based on Elmore Leonard's stories about the character Raylan Gibbons, played by Timothy Elephant, uh, particularly Fire in the Hole was the one that it was really particularly based on. It was developed by Graham Yost. The series revolves around inhabitants and culture and sorry, revolves around the inhabitants and culture in the Appalachian Mountains area of eastern Kentucky, specifically Harlan County, where many of the main characters grew up. It also features Lexington, Kentucky, where the local U.S. Marshal's office is situated. And uh, the main cast consists of, we already said Timothy Elephant, playing Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Gibbons, Nick Searcy as Chief Deputy U.S. Marshal Art Mullen, Jacob Pitts as Deputy U.S. Marshal Tim Gutterson, Erica Tizell as Deputy U.S. Marshal Rachel Brooks, Joelle Carter as Ava Crowder, Natalie Zia as Winona Hawkins, Walton Goggins as Boyd Crowder, Cher Burns as Wynn Duffy, and there are a bunch of other people. I'm going to stop there. Otherwise, we'll just be here all night naming the cast members of Justified. <laughs> yeah, that's we could just do that. It would be, it would, you know, it would be Justified. There's the first one if you're playing along at home. I know we should play to that. Yes, yes. Bingo or something. Yeah. Yes, oh, we well. should. Play play along. Let us know how many times we say the word justified when we're not just talking about the title justified. It's it's better than the CS count we had going for Deadwood, I guess. That's true. The, which is what we've been doing for. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So this will be different. And how many different ways you can use justified. 
Mm-hmm. Like I just did in my clever little tweet. I just put out. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, I don't. I'm. I. I can, I'm not going to multitask, so I'm not on that. I'll see it later. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, just a quick little trivia here that the working title for the series was Lawman. Lawman. I knew that. <laughs> I, I was trying to. No, I, I sounded like I. That sounded like I really did know that, and I was trying to say it at the same time as you, and it came out stupid, and that's okay. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. And the first episode was referred to as the fire in the hole plot. I mean, pilot, not plot. That's what I say after I eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> That's what we all say after we eat at Taco Bell. Uh-oh. <laughs> fire in the hole. Okay, we're already a little loopy. We just finished recording for two hours for, yep. for Deadwood, so apologies. This one will be a little bit loopier. Maybe not as, you know, easy to understand. No, it'll be I easy apologize. To I can't even believe I didn't get an Andy Crane reference in on Deadwood. So I had to wait <laughs> till this one. I apologize. <laughs> apologies. I, I used to be, I used to be able to do a Southern accent like really, really well. And I used to do it with acting. And so sometimes I would talk and all of a sudden I'd go into a Southern accent for no reason at all. So maybe I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go for it. I'll try we, my hand at the Kentucky. We know, we know Kentucky. from the end of uh, the Deadwood episode that if I start with somewhere, it's going to go Oliver Twist, Shrek, or Downton Abbey, Queen Bitch, or whatever. Yes. The, the lead bitch. The lead Downton Abbey bitch. Yes. The main, the main one. Yes. Well, I don't know if you have another thing that you're into, Tanya, other than Justified. <laughs> And Deadwood. What a, what a transition that was. Um, that, that was, wasn't very smooth, but no, I like it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. What am I into? Oh my god, what have I been watching? I'm gonna, you know what? I do. I have been watching One Piece with my youngest kiddo, who is 16. And One Piece is an anime that there's like a bazillion, bazillion episodes of it. And it's, I'm not the biggest anime person. In terms of like, I don't know, it just, I, it got really, it's really popular among younger people now. And when I was younger, it was a very niche thing to be into anime, but One Piece is really, it's pretty fun. Like it still has some anime weirdness that you have to kind of get through, but it, it actually has complexity and arcs for the characters and it's kind of, it's kind of fun. So it's a pirate, like pirate anime, but it's not little little kid i would say it's like 12 13 and up maybe yeah Yeah, i've never i've never heard of it but like you Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not big into anime i'm not big into animation usually in general Mm -hmm. so well i'm gonna mention another horror film today once i was done with the justified series finale and i'd already watched the deadwood series finale so i watched really heavy heavy stuff all day except for i took a break and watched like a comedy episode of, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, so I watched this Danish horror film. It's on Shudder called Speak No Evil. And if you want to f- watch the Phil Horrible movie of the year, this one's for you. <laughs> what a plug. I'm all like, watch I something that, that has 2,000 episodes of anime about pirates. <laughs> I stole that from, from a Twitter user, so I will give them credit from Killer horror chick said that the feel bad movie of the year is speak no evil 
and it is it's not happy it is depressing it's very it's a slow build though it starts as like a comedy of errors and it's basically about a danish family that visits a dutch family they met on on a holiday in italy and what was supposed to be an idyllic idyllic weekend slowly starts unraveling as the danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness so yeah it's it's a slow build and then it's horrific <laughs> the last like 20 tanya's face i'm just like i'm just like what is this like somebody did table manners wrong and then they just went into murder i mean european people are weird like there's definitely not to, true not to just like dunk on an entire continent but i'll do it, it yeah, yeah for our listeners like, and because we have listeners in other countries so i'm sorry right. i'm not i'm not at all no no no, no, no. i was I'm teasing just, but I'm yeah like okay I, I just, there's got to be something more specific that's happening there than. Well, I'm not you know. going to tell you what's happening. Yeah, I know. That's okay. I'm never going to watch it. That's all right. <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. But this, Fair be- enough. this title has several meanings. So, <laughs> speak yeah. no evil. Okay. <laughs> well, now on that note, we're going to get into Justified. We were justified in making that turn. They were yes. justified in speaking no evil. <laughs> I can see that being really messed up. I, I think the premise is really fascinating for that as a somebody who's like literally teaching norms and etiquette and like mm-hmm. <laughs> all of that this week. So I, the idea that you would start with like a norm break and end up with murder, which is where I assume it's going, sounds, you know, on some level really interesting. But okay. Maybe it isn't, Tanya. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It could just be the horror of trying to put together. No, that's Ikea. Ikea Sweden. I was like, put together Ikea furniture. And they're like, that's not going to work. Oh, well. Um, so justified. <laughs> but your confusion, your your, yeah. your intrigue is justified. Yeah. So we're going to give some trigger warnings, of course, for justified. Um, we have to trigger warning puns. Trigger warnings for puns. At this galore. Point. Trigger warnings for Tanya and I being a little bit loopy, especially me being a little bit loopy after doing, you know, two hours of live stream before this. Yes. Uh, tr- trigger warning for racism. Heavy trigger warning oh, for God. racism. <laughs> trigger yeah. warning for you know. I think law enforcement in general, you can give kind of a trigger warning for that. Yeah, and abuse yeah. of power. Mm-hmm. Trigger warning for sexism. For Tanya, help me. Um, <laughs> no, no, good. Uh, domestic violence. Yes. And oh, thank you. Abuse God, and uh, oh my gosh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Prison stuff too, religion, yes. religion, religious abuse as well. Mm-hmm. Religion being used as a scapegoat for things too. Yeah. So the evils yes. of capitalism once again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So that's yeah. I think uh, also like pedophilia, kind of, um, or like yes. yeah, yeah. That would be. I think that yes. would. Mm-hmm. And and torture in a way. Um, I. I I just mean violence is what I should say, yeah. I guess. But yeah. there are some scenes of people being, you know, tied up and tortured and stuff too. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, I've I've rewatched that a couple of times in uh, in the last year. I watched it when it came out. Now I'm going to talk about how I know this show. How's that? Um, <laughs> like, well, what are your overall thoughts on this? show? Yeah, I love it. I I do. It's I think it's a really good show. It's um, interesting to rewatch it. So when it came out, I don't remember if I watched it immediately 
or if I caught it like a couple of years later, but I know that I watched it. And then once the finale was out, I saw that pretty much as it aired. Um, and I'm sure that I was familiar with this show because I was such a big Deadwood fan. Um, and then knowing the main actor um, coming from that would have followed it from there. And so, but going back and so I watched it when it was out and then maybe last Christmas time or winter break, we rewatched it. And then we were, have been rewatching it with our kids and keep in mind, our children are 18 and 16. So it's not like little itty bitty children. Like look not at this three family old. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was justified in show. Yeah. It. I, it, you might say I was just, anyway. So rewatching it in the context of a very different social political uh, moment on, on law enforcement. And it's not that I was uh, unaware that there were problems, but I think the, the after George Floyd's murder and the protests and the trial and all of that, and then coming back to this and going, okay, this is, it's uncomfortable to see, to feel like you want to root for law enforcement in many ways because of that current context. And they, this is not as real gritty as Deadwood, but they don't, they also don't necessarily back down from showing the problems of some of the law enforcement people and um, the other side too. Like, so there's, there's complexity, there's corruption, there's bribery, there's mafia influence and, and things like that. So calling this a Western, I think is a little, I'm not picking on you. A lot of people call it that. I, think no, I was taking it from Wikipedia because yeah. I didn't call it that either. So but. they don't know what the asshole ta talking point, what justified. I just messed up that word salad. They don't know. No. <laughs> a lot of people have called this a Western because the dude wears a cowboy hat. But I've heard it described as – no, and I – for real. Like, and I get I that. <laughs> I, get, I get that. Like I follow because it is it is a little bit archetype, archetype, archetype. But I think it's more – accurately a, like a southern gothic or kind of a crime um, fiction so it's Elmore Leonard and Elmore Leonard did has done all kinds I mean just prolific writer did uh, Get Shorty and Cuba Libre and um, oh my Out gosh. of Sight Out of yes sight. thank you the movie with George Clooney yes and I know you know because <laughs> it has Clooners in it Clooners <laughs> old <laughs> Georgie Clooners, old Georgie, Georgie Porgy. Um, so you were justified in thinking. I was that. justified I that. in that, and I'm justified in this follow-up question that has nothing to do with anything. Have you seen the movie about George Clooners where he's in like a sad person, last person on Earth, and then there's other people in space? You, you know, I've skipped that one because okay. I kept hearing so many bad things about it. So I was like, okay. I really don't want to be down on George Clooney right now. Okay, are you talking about the recent where he has the big beard? I guess yeah. I I'm guessing it's that one. I all I I just am this is I'm asking for totally selfish reasons that I have not seen this and I don't know how it missed my radar cuz I'm like space sad guy with a beard. Why am I not watching this? Um <laughs> ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Astronauts. Yeah. No. I just it it kind of completely missed my yeah. And so I thought was was this is this something Aaron knows? Okay. Anyway, I that was a little fun little tangent. 
He also and, directed that one too. Yes, yeah, directed it, and it won an, an Oscar for. I looked it up on Wikipedia for some kind of effect thing. Yeah, because effects. it's it was. I mean, people hated it. It was like, yeah, the it won an Oscar it. for George Clooney movie that Aaron hasn't seen. <laughs> it's the newest category that they've added. <laughs> the motion picture academy of arts and farts and sciences or whatever they call it now um okay so we're gonna come back to the holla justified you see little bitty trees and deer running through here you think we in the holla all right i've been waiting my whole life to say that to someone and make it a reference that i love the the one-liners okay so Elmore Leonard, so as if you know his stuff, it's like kind of crime and showing the complexity and the the yeah. level of incompetence of, of criminal elements, which is a, definitely a theme in this, and the way that they can be both competent and incompetent. I don't even remember how I got on that tangent. So I would say it's more like a crime novel or a Southern Gothic, as I've heard it described, not being a person that's read a whole lot of whatever that is. But yeah, so Western, it it's, it's, it's very much, yeah, it's like a, it's much more a crime thing than I would say Western. And I do think it is that with the cowboy hat and the fact that it's in Kentucky. And so people are like, well, this is a Western, but really it's, I mean, it's, and it's very Elmore Leonard. I mean, if you've, I don't know if you, have you actually ever read an Elmore? I have. It's like basically the dialogue, the characters mm -hmm. there's, yeah. I mean, I had, I actually read and compared like when I was in film school, I did out of sight. I chose out of sight to do this with, and I read the novel and compared the novel to the adaptation and, you know, seeing the differences there, but yeah, so mm -hmm. it's, this is very, very much. And he always deals with very complicated characters on both sides of the law. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's, I like that as we've established in, in Tanya's things that <laughs> she likes is complexity and shades of gray. Right. I have read a bit, but one thing I love about Elmore Leonard that I've heard is that he famous, I think it's, this is him who has this quote about I, when I'm editing, I go through and I read my stuff and I take out anything that sounds like writing. <laughs> so it's very, if, if you're re it's, there's like almost no description. It's just action, dialogue, action, dialogue, and dialogue is action in a lot of ways. So you, you already almost feel like you're in a script, I guess, for this is, the non-film school side of things, but you already almost feel like you're you're in that, and so it it seems to translate really well to to screen. Um, and then they had a very short, and I like this show. They had a TV show of Out of Sight that was I I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't remember. To be I didn't honest, watch it, so. and it was maybe a season or it was like a mid-season replacement. And it didn't it didn't go anywhere. But the actress. Carla Gian, 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 I know who you're talking about. That one. She, <laughs> as the non Jennifer Lopez, she, as the television budget, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez, no, I'm sorry. She was the same character, basically. She actually has a cameo or two, a couple cameos in the Justified series as the same character. So it's kind of funny that there's, they play with a bit of a universe here, is the my very long way of saying that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to do this a little bit different. We're even going to veer a little bit off of the outline. And I just, because I don't think, I don't know if I could, the favorite episodes, I put that down there. I, I don't want to do that. Oh, man. So. <laughs> yeah, I would, no, it's just hard to think about. I would, I would, this is because I haven't been marathoning it. I've seen it several times, as I've mentioned, but. I did, this one would be harder for me to pick specific episodes. So right on, I'm on, I'm on track with you. So let's talk. So what are your thoughts though of this show? Because yeah. we talked a little bit about Elmore Leonard and, and what kind of genre this actually is. It's not really a Western. This is, I do like mm-hmm. the Southern Gothic usage and um, it's like a pulp. It's like a, yeah. that's what he's kind of considered as like a pulp writer, mm-hmm. uh, like pulp fiction writer. I mean, that, that really is a term. And so it's like a crime thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what are your overall thoughts though, on the show overall? Because I know you you came mm-hmm. to it because of Deadwood yeah. and following Tim O, which you are justified to do. Yes, aren't <laughs> we all? Uh, Raylan? Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, I think it's great. I think it's very well done. I've, I enjoy the hell out of it. I rewatching it, you know, a couple of things stood out like, Oh, this really was good. It really, um, did something interesting. It wasn't just following this main character and kind of celebrating him as this paragon of virtuous masculine dude doing stuff. Which, you know, it could it could have turned into that and it didn't, thank goodness, because that is absolutely not the point. You've got commentary on the cultural change for him. Like it's very much a person with a troubled past who has internal conflict, once again, controlling his rage issues like like Bullock, who we talked about in Deadwood, but a much more modern person. So there's a similarity there. But this character has has made it out, like has gotten out of his troubled background. And I'm from a small town, so I can kind of I- identify with I don't have nearly the the trauma in my past that that Raylan does. And I didn't feel like I had to, you know, escape lever quite in the same way that he did, of course. But this is someone who made it out, who by all accounts from this co- is a success story right has kind of got his his shit together but cannot let go uh things he sees as corrupt and heinous and then his unwillingness to let that stuff slide gets him in landed back where he didn't want to go the last place on earth he wanted to go back in Kentucky right where he, which he spent his entire young adult life trying to get out of so i think that as a premise is is very interesting and and it resonates really well with what that must have been like for people who wanted to be upwardly mobile in from from smaller and rural areas that have like one or two industries and then they have to um you know to to grow they've got to leave like that's a more benign version than what Raylan went through but like talking about myself for a minute you know it was farming or it was you know a couple of industries where I'm from to to really grow or expand as an individual 
you had to leave this culture. You're, you're not really going to go anywhere here. And uh, he had other reasons, again, to try to get that escape velocity going, literally dying in a mine, fast or slow, right? And then he also represents being the H he is, which is kind of, I guess, like older Older Gen X, I suppose, is what he would be. Maybe yeah, definitely Gen, definitely our generation. Yeah, not not Boomer, right? But like no. a little bit older Gen X. Gen so X, yeah. that lifestyle is also dying and changing, and not as much an option. And then these communities are are struggling to deal with the loss of of roles, the loss of industry, right? They they showed the this show came out like just I think as people were becoming aware of the opioid epidemic and they started they they looked at that but i think that's why it it's special and unique and and does something again to speak to a particular time and place in american culture through these kind of sometimes over the top villainous hero character stories mhm yeah i think this and i think this one you know you can really make comparisons to deadwood in some respects with this show watching them especially together binging them both at the same time and i mean not because not not because of the western thing but because a lot of the same kind of themes that they're dealing with and with with raylan a lot of that you know if you don't deal with your past your past is going to come back to you no matter what and that's a lot of what he is dealing with and going home to somewhere that he going back to where you don't want to go especially if it's home and it you know, home is supposed to be this place that you do want to go to. And so if you don't want to go to it, you know, as a theme, and so if you don't want to go back home and you don't want to be back immersed in this place that you have been trying to hide from, and not just a physical place, a place inside of you, that can stir up a lot of things where there is that inner turmoil that's always there with him. Like we said, in, like I said, in Deadwood, that's Tim, Timothy Olyphant plays a lot of these kind of characters where below everything is this simmering rage or this simmering sorrow, this simmering depression, and they hide it with sometimes cockiness. I think Raylan is very cocky in a lot of respects. They hide it with that, with sometimes with machismo, mm-hmm. sometimes with um, a gun, honestly, sometimes with their fists. Mm-hmm. And so he has a job where he is a U.S. Marshal, so he has that, and he can use that, I think, also as an excuse to not only you know to help or to help in corruption or help in you know catch the bad guys but he can also i think use it as a way that he doesn't even realize to try to exercise his own demons Mm -hmm. and that can be a good and a bad thing Mm -hmm. so yeah but but i think when i think the law enforcement side of this you know a lot of shows whenever it deals with cops there's the copaganda stuff where the cops are always the good people and so it's a way to look at law enforcement as being the good guys always without a doubt and while i think this show does that in a lot of respects it's a little bit different it's not like when you look at say when we talked about 911 earlier this year and we mm-hmm. talked about angela Bass's character being very propaganda it's there's more complexities there so you're also learning the lives of the people that he's going after and that you know the u.s marshal's office in general is going after and that all these other people going after so you're also learning that life which i know you do that all the time but you're learning it in a more complex way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i think also just 
there in the writing where you're learning that, you know, there's a lot of gray area and it's not just black and white. It's not just good and bad. There's a lot of gray area to it. If that, if that at all made sense, my little word salad there too. I did. Word yeah. salad. No, it's okay. That was, I, I agree. I think that's really a good way to put that, that it's not, it, it does in retrospect from our vantage point now feel propaganda, but it's definitely not propaganda the way that other shows are propaganda. Yes. Like you're, you're, there's a scale, there's a dimensionality there. This is nowhere near that. Raylan is not necessarily someone you want to emulate. Like he's, <laughs> he's no. troubled, his consequences or his actions have consequences. He screws up major investigations because he can't keep his pants on. Right, like he has, yes, he has a bit of a a, a man's man kind of thing, but I mean, within within no. reason, like, but he's he literally messes up investigations because he sleeps with the witness, you know, a yes. couple of times, and it's like, really, so he's a problem. And the other characters too, they show the effects of being in that field on their their psyche and their personal life and especially I do think they could have had more Rachel and maybe more Tim like as characters they're both really good and really interesting and they added a lot but they were so focused on Raylan a lot that that we don't get um quite the balance that we get in the ensemble cast of like a Deadwood so you really this is much more a Raylan and Boyd, which who we'll talk about, I'm sure in a lot yes, in a lot in a minute. <laughs> but it's a very very Raylan and Boyd centric, and then everyone else is a little bit, you know, down a tier, uh, and that's that's not necessarily bad. I just think they could have done a lot more with with Rachel. She was a great character, great performance, you know, showing what it would have been like to be a, a black woman in law enforcement in this place in this time, and also is. Um, you know, a beautiful woman and like is getting that intersection of class, race, gender, um, you know, discrimination. And, and she ends up becoming the, the department lead. Like, so there's the, the U S marshal and then everybody else is a deputy. It's like how that yeah. leveling works. So she ends up being the main, the main person and it's appropriate because for a while you're like, Oh, Raylan's going to get it, but she's clearly the better uh, professional, the more professional, the like better choice for that job. And she does end up getting that. So yeah, I think, I think you're right that it does a more nuanced job of that. And then I, there was another point I had there, which was showing the interagency conflict and animosity between different jurisdictions, which I thought was something they don't always show in police um, type of shows, right? Where you've got the marshals sometimes partnering with, sometimes arguing with like the local police, the state police and the FBI, especially, and them not necessarily being a let's work together and be functional and have the same goal and much being it, it being much more of a, a pissing contest a lot or a this is my um, area. And the, the other show that does that much better and, and in a lot more detail is The Wire, where they show the the political machinations of oh now you have to do the wire Aaron not after this I, That'll be I, later. I have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot later. the list of ones we're going to cover eventually is yeah that's, that's why we'll, we will never run out of topics for perfect this. <laughs> never so yeah that's the, the wire does it better the wire is much more about that but um yeah like if you want to see non if you want to see opposite of propaganda 
it's the wire. That's the wire. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want the copaganda, even if it is more complex copaganda, like, (laughs) like justified, but you do. Yeah. And I do agree with Rachel and the the Rachel character is interesting because when you watch in the beginning, like in the pilot, I believe it's in the pilot episode when um, she's like, she's with Raylan and they're riding around together and he's like kind of sleeping or something or snoozing and he's got his hat and it's really kind of adorable she like reaches over and she really wants to put the hat on and she does take the hat and she just kind of puts it on so you see how she starts out as kind of this this woman who is you know kind of dipping her toe into this field seeing where she fits in and then you know she kind of evolves and seeing where she goes and I do agree. There could have been a little bit more done with that character. But yeah, the show is just so focused on Raylan and and Boyd too, which I mean, the final scene is the two of them. So it's like the whole show is really about that kind of the complexity of that relationship is the main theme of the show. And then uh, and then you've also got these other characters mm-hmm. wrinkled in and you get some developments, but it's but they're overshadowed. So this is not there's so many people in this and it is an ensemble show, but not in the same sense as Deadwood where you don't get, not every character gets the same kind of arc or the same kind of path that other, other characters, but watching Rachel go from that, of that, you know, just that scene is so adorable. I don't know what it is about that scene, but it's just so cute. It's that, you know, should I take this? I really want to sort of be him. It's Mm -hmm. almost like since there, that's what she's kind of emulating herself after and then she's actually the better U- U.S. Marshal, the better person for the for the to move up mm-hmm. for Raylan. Yeah, I mean, there you could talk about some abuses and power there too when he is sleeping with these people. <laughs> There's that's a that's a total abuse of power. Yeah, and that's something that does happen, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting to explore that too. Yeah, and, yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. that no, does happen. I- for sure. And then even, you know, he ends up committing fraud and a felony to help Winona. And when we rewatched this with the kids, we we definitely felt like Winona was an underdeveloped character and like not, we we're like, why, why is he so into her? And we decided it's her barb. It's because she has Barbie feet. Um, if you watch her, she's always in the stiletto heels, like every, like the crazy stiletto heels. And we just figured he's got a Barbie foot fetish. And when she takes those off, her foot just stays the same in the weird little pointy thing. And he just can't, he can't resist it. That's his kryptonite is uh, Winona's Barbie feet. I, he, that's interesting. Oh man. I'm, gonna, I'm totally seeing her differently. I'm like looking Aaron, at her. Aaron's, Aaron's like, I just don't know where she's going to go tonight. Like it was... No, I've been waiting like a year to tell somebody else that joke. So we have all these fun jokes in the family, like from having watched this together. But yeah, that's funny. That's Winona's funny. Barbie feet. Wow. Okay. Well, now I'm I'm, in, I'm looking at this totally differently now. <laughs> I'm picturing Raylan as, <laughs> as Barbie. Oh man, Raylan would have been very excited about the Barbie movie that's coming out. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> It's like one ticket for the Barbie movie or whatever that meme was that was going around. And it's, yes. It's Raylan. 
That's funny. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm totally distracted by that yeah. now for just a minute okay. there. But sorry, right, we can come back. So Boyd, Boyd Crowder. So, Boyd. so Let's my talk outfit about is Boyd. a little Played bit by the amazing Walter Goggins, who's his I Walton. think he's amazing. Yeah, Walton. Walton. Thank you, Walter. Sorry about that. That's okay. I have the name like right in front of me too. That's okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit rocking the vest like Boyd. Um, you know, again, if if a show can pull off making me like a character that originally I hate, that's it for me. And so this character, you for Boyd, it's such a layered, interesting character. Cause at first, the way he's introduced, you're like, ooh, this guy is awful. Scum. You know? <laughs> Scum. Yeah, he's racist. He's a white supremacist. He's terrible. And then again, you start to realize not not that it justifies his actions, but you realize where he's coming from a little bit and that his motivations are much more again about power and um, money <laughs> and kind of figuring out what his role and sphere is. And so the Boyd Raylan dynamic is really they're like, the the whole point of their dynamic is they could have each been each other. Like had their paths been slightly different, they each could have ended up like the other one. Um, mm -hmm. And on the rewatch, I don't think I was as versed in fandom and fan fiction and pairings and things like that um, when I first saw this. And then on the rewatch, I was like, oh, this is a ship for sure. Like, of course it is because people ship everything. But on the, I thought... It is funny to me how much I'm noticing these two are interacting and they're written as though they are, are love like past lovers or something. Like they have a they, they have, have an a, enemies to lovers thing going on. Yeah, they have a dynamic like they were exes. And I don't I I'm not saying I ship it. I don't and I don't care don't about shipping at all and I don't necessarily want to go there, but I think the way that they're showing that they're more than friends, they're more than but they're not quite, but they're not friends. You know, there, there's a com complexity to their relationship. I don't think it has to be romantic. It just, it reminds me of people who were friends and then aren't or were lovers and then aren't, you know, mm -hmm. like the way that they interact. Well, there's this weird, like, almost respect there, but they don't trust each other. Like, I mean, well, the final scene in, in the finale of them, you know, and, and Raylan goes to the jail where Boyd is and Boyd is preaching again and Boyd is preaching to, um, you know, to his fellow prisoners and they have this very intimate conversation really. And really what they're saying in that conversation is very much what you're talking about, Tanya. They're talking about the fact that in a lot of respects, they are, they're mirrors of each other. And, you know, if one person had chosen a different path, they would have ended up on each other's paths kind of thing. So even though they don't, you really trust each other. I think there is this weird respect that they have for each other. And that's a trope you'll see in a lot of crime dramas and stuff. You'll see that a lot. And it's something that Elmore Leonard does a lot <laughs> in his stuff too, where you have elements coming together that are supposed to always be opposed, but then they kind of find this way to mesh together. So it's it's not surprising to me that people ship them because it is set up with those elements there, but there is this, you know, underlying thing there where, you know, they each kind of know that they could have been the other one had they chosen different paths in life. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the whole, like we dug coal together, like that, that sums up 
And they they keep say, they say that to other people as their explanation for why they have the the bond that they do. Um, and again, however you want to interpret that, I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade or start any fires or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that that bond that they have, that they they sort of say it that way, and no one else really gets it. And it's they're like that meme of Kermit looking at Kermit in the mirror with the dark hood on, like a Sith Lord. You know, it just they very much see that. And then I think they were bonded through that that being from the same time and place and yeah. having to rely on one another for safety and, and to survive. Like that's, it's almost like having been in the military, you know, going through a harrowing experience, which they explore that. So really to me, a lot of what's in this show is what it is to be a a man, like what that means. Um, how do you be a good man? Like, um, when the culture has shifted so much around you, how do you live in accordance with your values, you know, and have any kind of integrity? Yeah. And so Raylan's often wrestling with, what I want versus what I'm supposed to do versus what's the moral choice here. And even why he gets punished and sent back to Kentucky, he ends up shooting a guy like in the first yes. five minutes and you're like, Oh yep. shit, that's not good. <laughs> I know. I mean, the guy <laughs> open it like that. It's like- <laughs> but you're like, he was just eating crab cakes. I don't know what he did wrong, man. But, um, but later you, you learn his, why he does that. And it, so it seems really, um, it seems really awful, but then later you're like, oh, okay. Not that, not that, uh, it's sort of, it's definitely extra ju- judicial. So it's like outside, you know, very vigilante ish mm-hmm. in some ways. Well, he's a very vigilante character. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wants to work like he's a, like he's law and he's the good guy, but he works very much with that mentality of a vigilante. Mm-hmm. And that's why he feels it's okay to to not follow the rules and to bend the law and to break the law and to do things the way he wants to do it because the ends always justify the means in his mind, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, you also see him, you know, later on dealing with, you know, being a father and and that and what that entails with someone like him and with his life. And, you know, th- there is a lot of there's stuff about that throughout here about parents and children and being um, and that. And a lot of this, I do agree. It is a, it is an exploration of masculinity and men in general and how men fit into society. And I think that's why I will say, even though there are a lot of women on this show, the women aren't always as well written or, (laughs) or developed as the men in this show. And I think that's because it's so male centered. This is a mm-hmm. very, very, very male centered. It's a sausage fest. I mean, just straight up, like no, yeah. It and well, I agree. It is. Not not like um not like Deadwood, where you you do have some of those same archetypal characters, yeah. like the the um the widow and the abused uh woman, you know, the damsel in distress kind of for lack of a better way to put that. It's more complicated than that. And then the prostitutes and sex workers, and they're just not, yeah, they're not quite as fleshed out or well developed as uh, in Deadwood. Even yeah, so, you know. yeah, which is which is I think the biggest uh, my biggest criticism of this show mm-hmm. is that because you have so many great female characters in this show, and so there's no excuse for not doing that. Even though I re- I understand 
what the story is supposed to be and the story is about Raylan. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't like also explore that in a little bit more depth. I still love the show, but I that that would be my biggest, biggest yeah. critique of the show is is that yeah. yeah. I think especially when they get when they don't have the two characters that I think help with Ava's complicated. Ava's definitely the most interesting and developed, I think, as yeah. as a female character. Winona, they just don't give she's just kind of in it and not in it and like her and her barbie feet have their own thing going on um and (laughs) but the two that i think are better as characters are loretta and mags bennett and uh so character character actress margot martindale right who won an emmy um i believe for for her role there that is such a wonderful counterbalance to raylan and kind of being about what are the implications of me being from this place, but I've left this place and I'm trying to escape it. And it keeps, they keep pulling me back in. Right. And, and Mag's kind of also dealing with transitions in terms of the, uh, the mining company wants to, wants to develop that land. Mining is becoming much more technological and, and less about people being down in a hole. Um, so that whole culture shifting in that company or the, um, sorry, that, community and those families trying to kind of figure it out yeah Mm -hmm. that that was really interesting and then to have a a middle-aged or older woman as uh as a you know antagonist i think was really interesting like to see her Mm -hmm. versus boyd her versus you know some of the other the other groups that had conflicts the mining company yeah yeah, and whenever you can have a, a woman who is not in her 20s have a significant role in any kind of entertainment, because sadly, it is true in Hollywood, once women are over 30, they don't necessarily get the same meaty, juicy parts. And yeah, and she, she's a fantastic actress. All the acting in this show is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So Aces again, and the chemistry with a lot of these actors is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And another thing I just wanted to, to to touch on here with, and it's going back a little bit to Boyd too, but in general is religion and how religion, I think in this show is used as, I think Boyd uses it as a way to get power and control too. And I think that's an interesting thing to show, but religion is also used as an excuse for a lot of evil atrocities that people commit. And this has been the case forever. But I also think religion is used a lot when people are not actually religious. They're just using it as kind of a cover (laughs) and a way to be more powerful and a way Mm -hmm. to get more people behind them. So what do you think about that with the way this show uses religion? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's I'm curious because I feel a little unqualified in some ways. I can talk about the show and I love it and I'm a fan. I've seen it a lot, but it's like I'm not from Kentucky and I don't know what it's like to be a rural person from that community. So to some extent, I'm curious as to what, what someone's perspective would be from, from that community. Um, so it just, 
yeah it like was this a valid and fair commentary and critique you're you're absolutely right that it's it's shown as a way to um, manipulate people's thinking and and indoctrinate people and and that Deadwood had a bit of that commentary too like that it's it has beneficial things but it's really hard for people to not just be kind of self-interested and and going to use things to their advantage um yeah so that i i think that's fair and i but i'd be curious like what someone from that community how they would feel about the way um people from appalachia are presented in the media like i i did not necessarily think from my perspective this was falling into that those stereotypes like i think it was more complex than that and more layered and you definitely saw you didn't see like the the sort of oh look at the dumb hillbillies kind of thing yeah. um and they reference that like they kind of show that no these are these are people who ha- this is a lifestyle this is a culture this is you know how they how they do things and they're not um they don't have to conform to your expectations or your judgments of them but i'd be curious what what people f- from that background think of that i haven't haven't looked at that that's a good question. And if anybody watches this later or is watching now, or and if you have any feedback on that too, please feel free to share in the comments or reach out to us. I always love getting feedback from listeners. So if you are, and if you are, uh, you know, in particular, if you are grew up in that culture and you have an opinion on it, I definitely would love to hear that too. Because I know, I mean, there's a great movie that came out in 2010 uh, was kind of the movie that kicked off jennifer lawrence's career in a way called winter's bone and i don't know if you've seen that one i've seen some of it i feel i don't remember if i actually finished it i know she's a poor like girl kind of taking care of younger siblings and in the appalachian yeah yeah Yeah. and john hawk is in it right who is all star on deadwood okay yes Mm -hmm. yeah so that's another look at it. I think that's a lot more grittier and depressing than this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, this I'm not saying this is like happy-go-lucky <laughs> fair, but that's a lot grittier. But I think, you know, I think with the religion part, and I won't talk so much because I don't know either. I grew up in Colorado, so I don't know. But as far as like religion and religion being used as power and a way to control people and to excuse atro- atrocities which is something that's been done a lot. I think people like to hide behind religion because then it's then you don't have to look at yourself and you don't have to look at why you're doing certain things. If you could hide behind, well, I'm just religious or the Bible tells me so or God tells me or my preacher tells me, then you can excuse a lot of stuff that you do and it can also provide, I think, sometimes a false comfort. I'm not, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to say that you, to put down religion at all, but I think sometimes it can provide that false comfort. And if you are growing up and you, if you, if you're growing up poor, or you're growing up in poverty, or you're growing up with like an opioid epidemic going on, stuff like that, if you can find, you know, if certain people that are growing up around that or immersed in it can find one thing to cling on to for some kind of hope. I think sometimes that's what happens with religion. And then I think as far as the power part goes, especially when it comes to like Boyd and stuff. And you even see that in the final episode when he's in prison and he's up there preaching again. And you're like, I don't believe a single word this guy is saying, but he has all these people like, and he even like turns around. He does like this little, like almost jig to the (laughs) 
talk? He's so good. He's such a, it's what we would call a charismatic leader, like in so, yes. so he's, he's knows how to be that lead a cult. Yes, exactly. Like that, that leader of people are drawn to him because he is charismatic, whether that can be positive or negative, right? It doesn't have to be used for good, but I, I think it is interesting. It I, Maybe it's a larger commentary. I guess this is where I was trying to go with my comments before about what would people think like on the relationship between um, different classes and different racial groups and religion in those communities. Like, you know, it's just fundamentally different than the Christianity that I grew up with, like in the Midwest and mm -hmm. in my ethnic influence background. So I'm, I'm curious, like, is this an outsider writing sort of that evangelical feel um, and those sort of very passionate speeches? Because for us, it looks, I guess from my outsider perspective, I'm like, that's performance. That is bullshit. And it strikes, smells of bullshit. But I'm curious, like what people from that would feel. And, and one show that reminds me a little bit of this, but it takes that satire up a billion, billion notches and also features Walton Goggins as the Righteous Gemstones. Yes. Have you seen this yes, show? Mm -hmm. And uh, I find that show just really, really funny sometimes. But again, that commentary on the corruption, right, and using it for your own ends. But um, just to bring it back, because, you know, you are going to get a Karl Marx reference here if you have that bingo. Uh, religion. I need to add that to my yeah. card. So. Carl Tanya brings up Karl Marx somehow, or capitalism. Um, Marx, you know, famously said, "Religion is the opium of the people," and a lot of people interpret that as Marx saying it's a drug, it's evil, it's you know, etc. But he was actually far more sympathetic to people in poverty getting getting like affixed to or clinging to religion because it gave them some hope that their life could be different, right? And it gave them some services like if you think about the church right at this point it would have given people services that like health care or support or community or um, mental health care that they would not have had otherwise i think you see a little bit of that with the the snake snake guy yeah. um oh gosh that that whole bit where you know ellen, ellen may is really wanting to find a, a, a way out of where she's at and she latches on to this and and tries to um, change her life. And then it ends up, you know, just having as much corruption through the sister as other, other things she's been, uh, you know, party to. Yeah. Cause you know, that, that that's what I was trying to say before with the religion of like, if like for people who are following it and, and yes, like you said, Tanya, we can watch these big speeches and roll our eyes, but you know, you can find actual videos of people doing these big speeches like actual real people doing that kind of stuff and it is performance and you watch it and you're watching a performance but if you are in a place of desperation or if you are in a place where you can't find those services and if you can find them in a place it's easy it's easy as an outsider to say i would not get sucked in by that but if you are in that place you can't say what you're going to do because mm -hmm. if you are in a desperation and loneliness and crisis um, and poverty and everything like that makes you do things that you might not have thought you would do otherwise. Um, and I'm not saying that like justifies racism or any of that stuff, but I think 
that's what happens with some people that get really involved in religion and get involved in cults. That's how cults mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. because people need that are desperate for that and desperate for connection. It all goes back to connection and connecting with other people. And again, I think the ca- the capitalism side does come into this um, because, you know, you have that being very poor and growing up in generational poverty, which is what a lot of these people are growing up in. And then, of course, you've got the added drugs and all this other stuff going on. And you don't have economic opportunity, right? Exactly. You're in that whatever exactly. was available to you is no longer available because of um, the it, the mines are, are, you know, done, like exploited or whatever. The technology has changed. They just don't need people in the same roles. So it's a whole way of life is changing. And so this is really, I think, a show that is showing what happens to a culture, a community, a society when all the structures you've kind of taken for granted, good, bad, or otherwise, have to adjust and they can't meet those needs anymore. Um, yeah, so I, I find that, you know, really interesting to think about it in that way. I had another point and it'll come back to me when out of the brain. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Boyd, uh, such an interesting character, um, you know, very much the silver tongue devil. His superpower is 100% talking. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He's you good. Know, he's and, good at yeah, it. He is he's, good at it. <laughs> he's so um, clever and smart and just kind of one of those people, again, where you're like, oh, you're five steps ahead of everyone. And you can definitely, but you still get caught up in other people you work with. Oh, I was going to talk about your comment about cults. Uh, sorry, this is, I, I remembered now. Um Research, sociological research on radicalization and hate groups um, has found that a lot of people who join them, terrorist groups, white supremacy groups, all of those, they're, this is a weird way to say this, but they're not necessarily super racist. When they join the group, they become more racist, they become more radical Mm -hmm. after they've joined. So they recruit people into these groups who are on the fringes, on the marges, who are feeling isolated, who are feeling left out. They get people in this group and they're like, hey, you know, come over here. And then they start saying, like, aren't you mad that this group of people has this? And isn't that wrong? Shouldn't you have blah, 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 you know, or aren't you mad about this? And the social psychology of that is just fascinating that it's it's the group that radicalizes the person, not necessarily the attitudes first, because that's not what you'd assume. I mean, I'm sure it does happen the other way as well. Don't get me oh, yeah. wrong. But it's uh I think you see that a little bit in the um, where Boyd starts and he was doing that to create power uh, because I don't think he personally gives a crap about negative attitudes. It's much more about how can I get power? um, Oh yeah. That's what he's all about. Yeah. 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 And, and that, that's, and that's very true. If you, if you ever hear interviews with people who, um, became white supremacists or anything. And, and, uh, when they were really young, when they were teens, because that's what, that's the group that a lot of these people would target is teenagers. And they used to really go after, you know, young teenage angry boys. Um, and so they kind of target that, of that anger and people that are feeling ostracized mm-hmm. and they find a way in there and they're like, well, this is the reason you're feeling ostracized. And a lot of, a lot of ex- you know, skinheads and ex-whites, they'll, they'll talk about that, that that's what kind of happened. 
and how they were indoctrinated into it, which is not excusing at all any of the actions that they do or the racism, just showing where that's coming from is that for some people that is exactly what happens. There's a lot of really good films and documentaries about that because that's very true. It's not that they started necessarily with that idea. Like you said, there's definitely are some that did. It's more that they were indoctrinated into, into it by people like Boyd and mm-hmm. people that ran with that and used that as a sense to have power and control over other people. Cause that's really what a lot of that is about is power and control. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. cults are about too. Is Gangs, I think too, similarity there with uh, just serving a role that gives people some kind of purpose, yeah. group identity or connection. Yes. Yes. Someday we should revisit this show again and we'll talk about it deeper and have a longer conversation. Because we're tired and <laughs> now tired. We, we need to have justified part two and that'll happen because we'll be I need, I also need to talk about, right, to talk about, um, oh my gosh, the city, because they're going to do a, a little mini series. And oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we get, we totally are justified we'll in having then. a part two and uh, yeah. And the, yeah, I didn't even get to talk about like Dewey Crow and all of the Raylan's jokes that are so terrible. Uh, me and Dead Owls don't give a hoot, um, right? <laughs> and like all of his dad jokes that are just like, oh, Raylan, no, no, honey. <laughs> yes, I mean, when he's sitting yeah. there or, you know, how adorable he looks when he's eating ice cream with his daughter in the finale. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love that he loves superficial that thing. he loves ice cream. It's cute. There's some of those fun character touches. And then uh, like the where he um, I don't remember why he's pissed at Win Duffy. And because that's a really Win Duffy is a really interesting recurrent person that finds themselves always on the fringes or in the center of criminal activity. And such a weird, weirdo, weird character. But there's a point where Raylan gets frustrated and he beat, kind of throws him down. And then he ejects a bullet from his gun and then throws it, physically throws it at Win mm-hmm. Duffy. And is like, next one's coming faster. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to love and admire someone who goes to those lengths to threaten someone, but also avoid violence by using a pun like an elaborate joke, right? Like just. And he does that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but that plays again, like I said, Timothy, like I said, in Deadwood, Timothy Elephant is really good at comedy and mm-hmm. he's really good at the dry comedy too. And good at like, you know, sneaking that in there. And mm-hmm. yeah. And he's fun to watch. He's really fun to watch. I had this. read, I had read that he was a stand-up comic first. Like that was some of he his was? first. That's what I read that he did stand up comedy before he did I didn't know that. acting. I don't know where I read that. Probably some deep dive Wikipedia garbage. But so who knows if it's true. But I can I can see that. That's that's fascinating though, because you kind of think of him as the the hat wearing, you know, serious person. Uh, but this I think this is his best role, his best performance that I've seen. I haven't seen everything he's done. I tried to watch Hitman. Um, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and I got about five minutes in and went, Oof, nope, <laughs> can't do no. it. No, can't I think he's it. he's really good in uh, the show that was canceled way too soon, especially the cliffhanger was huge. Santa Clarita Diet, which is the comedy oh. about zombies. Okay. Drew Barrymore. And mm-hmm. he is hilarious. And very that's a very different kind of role for him. Mm-hmm. And he's very good in that. So... 
Yeah. I want to watch that, but I don't, I can't handle gross, which despite Deadwood is kind of my limit. And there's a few things in Deadwood that I'm like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. Uh, so that's why I haven't watched it, but we'll see. I, I think it looks it's good. good. It's good. It's a, it, it ended on one of the hugest cliffhangers though. So it's oh no, yeah, like a that huge sucks. cliffhanger, but yeah. But anyway, um, so I don't know if you did a fin for justify, but I have a fin for justify. Okay. You go for it. I don't. Okay. I would have to go back to Deadwood, Sarah Paulson, Timothy Olyphant. Although I play my own version of this with looking at all the, because one thing about Justified Real Fast before we pause it for part two to be continued, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be continued, uh, is like looking at all the Deadwood people that show up in Justified. Yes. Because there's a lot, a lot, a lot of them, which is fun. Yeah. Anyway. Which isn't surprising. I mean, you know, yeah. so, but yeah. Uh, well, I used Walter. And he was in Righteous Gemstones, which I thought was so funny when you mentioned that because I'm like, that's what I'm using for my six degrees. Nice. With um, John Goodman, of course, or Walter. I said Walter again. Walton. I was just going to let you go. Oh I was going to let it go. No, no. Don't. Uh, Walton. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Walton. Um, was in the Righteous Gemstones with John Goodman, who was in Roseanne with Laurie Metcalf, who was in the Hulu um, mini little series, The Dropout. With Amanda Seyfried, who was in A Mouthful of Air with Finn, which I I love A okay. Mouthful of Air. So go okay. watch that movie. Yeah. So there's my yes. six degrees of Finn. So thank you, Tanya, for You're taking welcome. this thank you. Timothy Oliphant trip with me. That was it fun, wasn't yeah. all about him, but and we will revisit Justified at some point because yes. we are justified. Yeah. To revisit justified. It. And also we we were supposed to have more panelists who couldn't be here. Yes. So yes. Meg was fun. supposed to be joining us in both of these. So when we revisit, Meg will will hopefully make sure she can join. But oh, because I didn't get to talk about Constable Bob Patton Oswalt, who is the best oh, yeah. side character in Justified. Oh my God! And we love Patton Oswalt. Or at least love I do. him. Yeah, I do too. No, I saw him do comedy uh, last earlier this year here in Denver, which was fun. Oh, that's yeah. cool. He's smart, yeah. smart, smart guy. Oh, he's very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. smart. But yes, yeah, so we will have to revisit this because I know we could have talked about this longer. But yes, you should have probably not done a back-to-back, -back, but it was better for that I have tomorrow where I don't have to do that. So, sorry. <laughs> That's like, right. And I have that? to, I got a great paper. So, and go to other stuff, do things. Uh, so, Tanya, tell everybody where they can find you if they uh, you can want to justify you or Deadwood. Little itty-bitty trees and a stream running through here. You think we in the holler? <laughs> um, in the holler. No, uh, I don't know why I love that line. And just the, the, what's the, do you, the world's smallest violin. Could you be quiet? I did not order assholes with my whiskey. Uh, anyway. Okay. All of Raylan's like sassy things I can remember in two seconds. Um, you can find me online and definitely tweet justified stuff at me at AK nerd fighting on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. Online. That was very ambiguous everywhere <laughs> <laughs> on twitter yes yes yes, yes. twitter yes. and and tanya will be at the new york comic-con this oh yeah i <laughs> i know we just talked about me. that but on the podcast I'm episode new york city and september new no. york no. city Sorry. New york City. <laughs> i know no i keep making jokes like that and my students who are five years old are like Huh? They're not five, they're 20, <laughs> but they're, you know, they're like, listen, I was born in 2003 and oh I don't know God. what the hell are you talking about? 
you need to stop it, lady. Um, but then sometimes they know stuff from like references or, you know, so it's, it's, they're, they're great. It's just funny what, like what I assume they know versus what they don't. Um, so New York Comic Con coming up, come say hi. Uh, Thursday, October, whatever is the Thursday, fifth, sixth, something like that. That day, one of those days there in New York. Yay. In New York City. <laughs> and I'll be sad I can't eat bagels. Bagels. Because I'm gluten-free garbage. Do they have gluten-free bagels, though? Or they, don't? they do, but they're, they're, they're not, not good. good. Oh, I am going to get to hopefully get an autograph from Sebastian Stan. Which I did see you talking. I was yeah. like, why did I do this? I, I'm always awkward. I always feel weird about it. And it's like very few people that I, I want to bother anymore. Like just not to, but I was like, oh, come on. I have to, I love Captain America. You, you know, if you've seen me drinking out of a Captain America water bottle all night. Yeah. And I thought, what am I going to say to this person? It'll probably be weird and awkward because I always go into some kind of strange, strange place uh, where I'm like, I just get anxious. And I was cool. Around Jared and Jensen, like the first time they came to Denver because I had my kid with me and I realized I am going to have to talk to them. Mm -hmm. The kid is not going to be able to talk to them. And I did. And it was like looking way up. Hi, can we do that? Like, and it was, you know, it's fine, but it's just a weird, you know, so I'll probably no. say something yeah. like, I love you, Bucky, like that. So it'll probably be weird <laughs> for everybody. Everyone will leave feeling real awkward. But this is Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Timothy Oliphant, if I would, oh my gosh. Would I love to talk to you? <laughs> yeah, I think we we all would. I mean, that would be I I would be like a little embarrassed. I'm like, let me go back and like actually be coherent about some of these points. But yes. yeah, that'd be that'd be lovely. I would love to have him do some stand up since yes. I challenge you. I challenge you, Raylan Bullock. <laughs> challenge you. Yes. Challenge you to challenge a stand you, up. Five minutes of stand up. You and me. Let's do it. It's justified. I give you anytime anyone goes to Miami, I'm like, did you find Tommy Bucks and give him 24 hours? <laughs> Every time. And it, I can't believe it took me to the end of this episode to get that in. But like, but you everyone's tired of that joke from me. But. <laughs> but yes, I would love to interview you. I I will be very professional in my interview with I you. Won't. But I will challenge your ass to stand up <laughs> joke off for doing that. <laughs> I meant professional in that I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Timothy Elephant. <laughs> in my brain, I would be saying that. But I don't know if I'm actually talking to you. But I would love to, or anybody else involved in the show, created the show, anything, please feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button and that'll shoot me an email. And while you're over there, play the listener version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock by heading over to the page titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. And for the month of September, we are playing with BoJack Horseman, Superstore, 
promising young woman and scare me. So let us know how Finn is connected to those in six degrees or less for your ch for a chance to win some merch. And also while you're over there, head on over to the second annual horror trivia page to learn more about our upcoming horror trivia event and sign up there. Uh, yeah. And this time we're only going for four weeks. Last year we did 10 weeks and I could not do that again. <laughs> that was a lot. So yes, we are doing it four weeks in October. So come join the fun. It should be a blast. Uh, that'll be on YouTube and Facebook. Those aren't going to be podcast episodes. So you definitely want to join in the fun. We did, we're doing the categories are women in horror, um, 80s horror. Uh, I didn't do these in the right order. Sorry. Television horror. And then we're wrapping it up. Uh, the grand finale, which will be on Friday, October 28th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, will be, I'm calling it Devil's Brew, and that's just going to be a mixture of all sorts of horror. So we're going to be playing it kind of like Jeopardy. We have a Jeopardy board, all this kind of stuff. You can find all the information there or reach out to me and sign up before October 1st for a chance to be in our horror trivia event. Not a chance. If you sign up, you will be in it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very loopy right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going to <laughs> go ahead and close out. And we're just going to say good night to everybody, too, who watches this. And thank you to anybody who watches later. I really appreciate it. Um, and I really appreciate anyone who listens. So thank you so much. So until next time. Oh, I forgot to say what's on next week. Sorry. I'm just going to say that really quickly. Next week. We are going to be talking about decidedly lighter fare than we have been talking about lately as far as trigger warnings go. We are going to be talking about the movie that made me fall in love with movies, Back to the Future. And then we are going to be talking about Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters. So we are going to be talking about that's a lighter film, but basically a guy almost sleeps with his mom. I know. I know. I was thinking that back in my head while I'm saying it. But <laughs> I mean, there is that weird weird element there <laughs> but still and then everyone drinks a pepsi and a white man invents rock and roll right no sorry yeah. <laughs> i know i'm stealing that from a comedian so sorry <laughs> that's okay <laughs> so that's next week so until next time remember it's a fandom thing black lives matter and stop asian hate Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.